Proverbs chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. My son, forget not, do not forget my law. But let your heart keep my commands for the length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Trust. Everybody say trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. I want to preach to you for a few moments this morning a message I've just simply titled, Leaning on the Lord. Leaning on the Lord. If you will, pray with me and for me this morning. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for your anointing that I feel so strongly. Lord, in this house today, I thank you that we can lean on you, God. In the times that we don't understand and we don't know what to do, Lord, we can place our trust and our faith in you and we can lean on you. So God, I pray today for the next few moments, you would anoint every ear to hear your word, every heart to receive your word. Anoint these lips of clay that I don't speak my words, but Lord, it's your word that comes forth today in the power and the demonstration of your spirit. Let us leave this place, Lord, differently than we came today. God, let us leave differently than we came because we've been in your presence. We've been changed by your word. Let us leave here today, God, with confidence, knowing that when we lean on you, you'll see us through. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Ben. Boy, I tell you what, we're blessed in this church, are we not? We are blessed, yes. There's an old story I've heard a few times, and it goes like this. There was a pastor of a small church and he would occasionally call on this one particular gentleman to pray. And every time this one particular gentleman would pray, he would pray, Oh God, thank you for this word today. And bless these people today. And then he would end with the strangest statement. And oh God, oh Lord, prop us up on our leaning side. Every time the preacher would call on him, he'd pray, Oh Lord, prop us up on our leaning side. Finally, the pastor pulled him to the side one day and he said, I love the way you pray, brother, but I don't understand your little closing phrase. What are you talking about? Prop us up on our leaning side. He responded, well, pastor, I'm a farmer. And he said, I live out on a farm and you know I live in the country. He said, I've got an old barn and it's been there a long time. It's been through a lot of weather and a lot of storms and a lot of bugs have eaten at it. And he said, I got to looking at it one day when I was riding on my tractor, and I noticed that it was leaning to one side. So I thought to myself, oh my goodness, the barn is leaning, and it's just a matter of time before the whole thing falls. He continued, so you know what I did, Pastor? I went and I got some big pine beams, and I propped it up on its leaning side. He said, it still leans, and it probably always will, but I propped it up on its leaning side. And it's not going to ever fall down because I propped it up on its leaning side. And I got to thinking about it, Pastor. When I was on the tractor and I was riding in the field, I thought about the kind of year that I've had. 
I thought about some of the storms that I've been through and some of the people that are bugging me. Anybody ever had any people bug you? Hey Amen. It's all right to say so. And eating away at my joy and eating away at my spirit. And I just got to thinking, you know what? I'm still here. I'm still standing after all the stuff that I've been through. The storms, the howling winds, they couldn't topple me. I'm still standing by the grace of God. And he concluded, from time to time, though, I find myself leaning. Leaning toward my old desires. Leaning toward anger. Leaning toward becoming bitter or hateful at the people who are bugging me. Or leaning toward going back to the old habits and the old life I used to have. And when I feel myself start leaning toward that tendency, I just remember that old barn. And I pray out loud while I'm on my tractor. Lord, I thank you that you're going to prop me up on my leaning side. Is anybody in the house this morning thankful that God has propped you up before on your leaning side? See, here's the reality. Every single one of us places our trust, we place our confidence, we place our hope or our assurance in someone or something. Every single one of us do. And there's something for all of us that we feel particularly secure in. Now, for some of you, that might be your job, that may be your spouse, that might be your family, it might be your education, uh, it might be your uh, athletic ability, it might be your pastor, it might be your church, uh, whatever it may be. But I want to ask you this morning, are you secure enough to know whatever it is that it will hold you when the howling winds of adversity come at your life full force? When the ground that you have stood upon, and I've been there before, begins to tremble and to quiver and to shake underneath your feet, will you stand anchored? Listen, things may be hunky-dory in your life right now at this moment, but I assure you, there will come a time, and it may not be very long, when the storms of life will come blowing at you full force. Do you hear me? What will carry you then? It's hard to wait until the storms come and then try to go out and find something to anchor upon or a security that you can trust in. See, the three Hebrew children, and most of us know that story, they were anchored before they went into that fiery furnace. The fourth man in the fire uh, was no stranger to them. They were already trusting in him before they were cast into those flames. So I ask you this morning, what exactly do you trust in? And how secure is it? The Word of God, if you read it much, the Word of God forecasts some troublesome times that will happen between now and the return of Jesus Christ for His church. The Word of God forecasts those things. And I want to ask you this morning, are you trusting wholeheartedly in Jesus? He, is He your solid rock? How many knows what I'm talking about this morning? When I got to thinking about singing an old song, I thought about singing another song that says, where do I go when there's nobody else to turn to? 
Who do I talk to? Anybody know that Dottie Rambo song? When nobody wants to listen. Who do I lean on? When we talk about leaning on the Lord, when there's no foundation stable. I go to the rock. I know that I know that he's able. I go to the rock. I want to tell you this morning, we can go to the rock. David said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Actually, he said, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. In the 19th century, there was a very famous acrobat who was known for his tightrope skills. 160 feet above Niagara Falls, think about this, on a rope, a royal party from Britain observed this acrobat as he went across the tightrope on stilts. True story. Then they watched him as he went across blindfolded after that. And then after that, he went across and he stopped halfway and they said he cooked an omelet. Next, he wheeled a wheelbarrow from one side to the other. And when he returned back with the wheelbarrow, he had a sack of potatoes in it. And then the acrobat approached the royal party and he asked the Duke of Newcastle. He said, do you believe that I could take a man across this tightrope in this wheelbarrow? Yes, I do, answered the Duke. The acrobat said, well, hop in. And the, the Duke declined that invitation. You see, he believed that the acrobat could do it. Are you with me this morning? He believed that the acrobat could do it, but he wasn't able to fully trust that he would do it. Can I get a witness this morning? What are you talking about, Pastor? I'm saying that's the way it is with so many folk in the church today. Even so many professing Christians in their walk with God. Listen, last Sunday as I was preaching the 11 a.m. service, you know, we just celebrated nine years here uh, back in July. And as I was preaching the 11 o'clock service at the East Bernstadt Church of God, they were celebrating. Uh, their theme for the Sunday for their homecoming was celebrating 88 years of ministry and Pentecostal power. That's 88 years, almost 10 times the amount of time that we've been here. But I was preaching to them last week and I said, as great and as wonderful as all the things are that have taken place the last 88 years in that church, we can never become complacent. Do you hear me this morning? We can never become satisfied. We can never come to the place where my children don't know. Listen, I like the stories of the old church. I like hearing the testimonies of what God used to do. But my children, they need some elders in the church today to rise up and show them what God will do. My children need to see the miracles and the things of God. And when we become complacent, and my children are grown now for the most part, but these littles that we said, did you notice how many kids two weeks ago on Sunday morning came in here? Nursery, preschool, kindergarten, and elementary school ministry. There's about 80 kids that run through that every Sunday morning in two services. 80. From the nursery to fifth grade. Now, somebody say, God bless those volunteers. Right? But let me tell you something about those babies. They don't need to hear us tell stories about what God used to do. 
They don't need to. I'll tell you something else too. That's why when we have prayer meetings and certain things, I have them come in for part of it. They don't need to grow up in a back room somewhere in children's church and not know what it is for the Spirit of God to move in the sanctuary. Can I get a witness? I'll say something makes some of you mad. You usually don't get, I don't get any support when I say that from people that want somebody else to raise their kids. So I didn't look around to see who supported me and who didn't. When I was growing up in church, my mama taught me how to behave in the sanctuary. And it was a little bit different than you had to behave in Sunday school. But they need to know what the power of God is. They don't need to always grow up in a back room somewhere and then when they turn 12, they're dropped in the sanctuary so they can think, what on earth is this? Are you with me this morning? Our children, we don't ever need to become complacent to where the next generation don't, has not known and personally experienced the power of God. This is not just something we talk about and preach about. I don't know about you, but for me, it's something that's real. It's real. I know I know it's real. Can I get a witness this morning? Our children need to experience the real power of God. But as I was saying, it's the way it is with so many people today in their personal walk with God. We're good at saying we trust in God. But when it comes to actually trusting in God, in His ability, in His knowledge, in His power, in His divine care, in His providence, His love and His mercy and His grace. Do you trust Him enough to get in the wheelbarrow and declare, all right, God, here we are. It's you and me. We're going to go across this tightrope and though I'm traveling in this wheelbarrow 160 feet above Niagara Falls, I'm not going to fear any evil because you're with me. And not only are you with me, you're carrying me. Not only are you carrying me, you're guiding me. And God, I'm going to place all of my trust in you. You know what? That's what the psalmist David said in the 23rd Psalm. And that's the place that you and I need to come to in our walk with Christ. We need to say, God, you know what? I don't only trust that you can do it. I trust that you will do it. And in the 23rd Psalm, David was building his trust upon the shepherd. And I want you to listen to this this morning. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And he went on down a little bit later and he said, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That was David's testimony of his trust in God. Now how many people, she's preached here several times, but not in this building. How many people in the room this morning know who Sister Edna Wagers is? When I say that name, let me see your hands all over the room. Yeah, several of you have heard her preach before. And you know, years ago, when I talk about this passage of scripture, I can never read through it without thinking about something that I saw Sister Edna do. Now she's way up in her 70s now, uh, but she's still doing, she's still at the Barberville Pentecostal Youth Camp, teaches the day classes to the teenagers, and they love her. They call her Granny. Every sermon she preaches, she's got an illustration. And I can never go through this passage of Scripture that I don't see a sermon that Sister Edna preached one time about surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. She brought two women up uh, in the front of the church to her and she named one of them Shirley Goodness and the second one she named Marcy. 
And she talked about all the different things that the enemy was doing that was going on uh, in a person's life. Then she walked around the sanctuary and everywhere she went, Shirley Goodnest and Marcy was following her around. And she used that as an illustration to preach to the young people. Actually, I believe that might have been uh, a ladies' conference because uh, I was sitting in the balcony with a friend because I wanted to sneak in and hear. I didn't care if it was a ladies' conference. She's a good preacher. But anyway, uh, I, but when she was preaching to those ladies, she used it as an illustration to prove and I want to tell you something this morning. Listen, it doesn't matter what might be going on in your life right now. It doesn't matter what kind of trouble and trial and circumstances you may be facing. It don't matter what kind of battle you might find yourself right in the middle of. One thing you can be sure of, and that's goodness. If you're a child of God, that's that goodness and mercy is hot on your trail. It's following you around. You can't outrun it. The devil can't stop it. Goodness and mercy, if you're serving Jesus, Jesus will follow you all the days of your life. And David said, I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm preaching better than y'all are helping me this morning. When the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco was first built, 23 men fell to their death. And the work on that bridge was extremely slow because the men worked in constant fear of their lives. And then somebody had the idea of putting this huge net under the bridge. And they did exactly that. And after the net was put in place, 10 more men fell. Listen, but they were not killed as the others were. And after the net was in place, the work on the bridge went at a greater pace because the men had their trust in the net. If they did accidentally fall, are you with me this morning? The net would sustain them. And as I was reading that this week, I thought about the fact that in, in this book, another passage of Scripture said, the steps of a good man or a good woman are ordered by the Lord, and the Lord delights in their way. Watch this. Though they may utterly fall, they shall not be destroyed, for the Lord upholds them with His right hand. I want to tell you something this morning. If we're serving God, if we're doing what we know to do, if we're doing what we can, we've got a safety net, and His name is Jesus. We've got a safety net. It's the the hand of God and yes though we may fall though we may fail we shall not be destroyed because the Lord that safety net will uphold us with his right hand that's the way it is with us and God when we place our trust in him now listen a faith that declares I believe God can but yet refuses to jump in the wheelbarrow and take off that kind of faith and that kind of trust is not much good to God or the person who possesses it. God wants us to trust Him completely, wholeheartedly, without reservation. Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. Watch this. He said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, do you know how tiny a mustard seed is? If you had faith as a mustard seed, when you place that faith in Him, that much faith in Him, you will say to this mountain. Now, what is the mountain? That mountain represents that thing you've been struggling with. That thing you've been battling with. That thing that causes you pain and worry and heartache and strife. And that, that thing that stands in the way of where God wants you to be. That fear. That carnal habit, maybe. Or that vice that's got a hold on you. You will say to this mountain, 
Move from here to there, and it will move. Watch this. And nothing, no, say nothing. Nothing will be impossible for you. Listen, Jesus did not say here that it might move. It could move. No, church, he said it will move. The word will is a guarantee. Isn't that awesome? Isn't God awesome? I'm not some televangelist up here this morning saying, if you'll give me $100, I'll pray for you. And I'm also not one up here saying, if you'll send me something, I'm going to send you some holy water. Lord have mercy. Hope none of y'all fell for that foolishness either. But what I am saying in here this morning, I'm not declaring to you some words that came out of the astrology column of the newspaper or something that some psychic said at a, at a 1-900 number. No. No, these words that I'm speaking to you this morning, these are a promise to you from the Word of God. How many knows what a promise is? A promise is when you say you're going to do something and you make a promise, you commit to carry through with it regardless of what happens. I want to tell you this morning, if God makes you a promise in this book, God will see that it's carried through no matter what happens. So it might look dark right now. It might look troublesome right now. But turn around and look behind you. Surely goodness and mercy are marching around behind you. The devil can't stop them. And God will see you through. This word of God, listen, this book carries a special anointing on it. You can say some good stuff. And I might could say some good stuff. But nothing holds the power and the authority that these words in this book holds. It survived every single demonic attack the devil has ever launched against Jesus or the church. Every single one. And I want to tell you, God is still in the business today of doing some God things. Some powerful things that only God can do. I believe that He's done some powerful things for several people in this congregation this morning. Is there anybody here that will testify and say, yes, God has done something amazing for me in my life. That's the power of trusting in God. Tiny portions of faith can move mountains. But there's another side to this coin, and I'm going to hurry. Tiny portions of doubt can also keep those mountains from being moved. See, the devil would like for us to settle for unanswered prayer and say to ourselves, well, it must not have been God's will because my prayer didn't get answered yet. However, the real truth may be that we failed to place all of our faith and our trust in God. There was some doubt somewhere that blocked our faith and trust. And sometimes we become convinced that because we prayed for something for a long time, and we haven't seen the answer that it's, it's pointless. It's useless. You might as well give up. Nothing's ever going to change. And when we do, when we do that, our doubt will void our prayers. I want you to listen to what James said in James chapter 1, verses 5 and 8. He said, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith, watch this, with no doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive, watch this, anything from the Lord when we doubt. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. Listen, you might even pray and get up believing that God is able to do all things. But until we truly come to the point that Job did, when Job said, 
even when the outcome is not what we wanted. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. That's what Job said. I want us to go back before I close this morning to our main text to verses 5 and 6. I want us to break these down really quick and see what God is speaking to us. Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Trusting in the Lord with all your heart. Now, we've already noticed from the word of God that the Bible teaches us that God distributes a certain amount of faith. The Bible says God has given to every man a measure of faith. And he calls upon us to exercise that faith and to learn to trust in him to do all that he said he would do. How many is thankful this morning that God does not lie? Can I get a witness? God does not lie. Numbers 23 and 19 said this, God is not a man that he should lie. Now, how many know some people lie? Just the facts. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said, and will he not do? Or has he spoken, and will he not make it good? The key word here is trust. God, listen to me this morning. Listen to this. God gives us faith. And with that faith, we give God our trust. It takes faith in order for us to give God our trust. And that word faith may at times be hard to define, but we know what it is to exercise trust because every single one of us exercises trust every day of our life. You and I trust, obviously we trust whoever built our house. Because we don't go home thinking in any given minute it's going to fall in on us. We trust the bank not to spend the money that we deposited so that it'll be there when we need it. We trust our alarm clock or our phones to go off when we set it for a certain time and wake us up. Some of y'all set it for a certain time and it goes off forever and never wakes you up. But we trust the lights to come on when we flip the switch, right? We trust the car to start when we put the key in the ignition or this day and time we push a button. And we'll continue. You know how long we'll continue to trust all those things? We'll continue to trust all those things until such time they fail us for some reason. <laughs> I want to tell you something this morning. I have failed some people in times past. Any of you ever failed anybody? I failed some people in times past. But you know what? I've been failed by some people in times past. But let me tell you this morning. We serve somebody who will never fail us. We serve somebody who will never violate our trust. We serve somebody who will never cause us to doubt his ability. And if we can trust God for all of those other things that I mentioned, can we not trust him with our circumstance, our situation, and our life? I want you to listen as David shares his testimony of trusting in God. Psalms chapter 2, verse 12, the latter part of the verse, he said, Blessed are those who put their trust in him. Psalms chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, You put gladness in my heart more than in the season that their grain and wine increased. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. Has anybody ever had trouble sleeping? The psalmist said, I'll lie down in peace and sleep for you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Psalm 9 and 9, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And I want you to follow along with me here in the 18th Psalm as David refers to this troublesome time in his life when he placed his trust in God. I'm going to read through this kind of quickly, but if you're reading in your Bible above the passage of Scripture, above the heading of this Psalm, here's what it says. It says, to the chief musician, a Psalm of David. 
the servant of the Lord, who spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day that the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. And he said, I will love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom will I trust, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. The pangs of death surrounded me and the floods of ungodliness made me afraid. The sorrows of Sheol surrounded me. The snares of death confronted me. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him, even to his ears. Then the earth shook and trembled. The foundations of the hills also quaked and were shaken because he was angry. Smoke went up from his nostrils and devouring fire from his mouth. Coals were kindled by it. He bowed the heavens also and came down with darkness under his feet. And he rode upon a cherub and flew and flew upon the wings of the wind. He made darkness his secret place. His canopy around him was dark waters and thick clouds of the skies. From the brightness before him, his thick clouds passed with hailstones and coals of fire. The Lord thundered from heaven and the Most High uttered his voice, hailstones and coals of fire. He sent out his arrows and scattered the foe, lightnings in abundance, and he vanquished them. Somebody say, you don't want to make God mad. Then the channels of the sea were seen. The foundations of the world were uncovered. At your rebuke, O Lord, at the blast of the breath of your nostrils, he sent from above, he took me, he drew me out of many waters. Listen to this. He delivered me from my strong enemy. For those who hated me, for they were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my calamity, but the Lord was my support. I'm preaching to you this morning. We can lean on the Lord. He also brought me out into a broad place. He delivered me because he delighted in me. The Lord rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to the cleanness of my hands. He has recompensed me. Now drop down to verses 29 and 30. For by you... I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. As for God, His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to who? All who trust in Him. I came to tell you this morning, trust in the Lord with all your heart. He'll never disappoint. I said He'll never disappoint you. We can lean on the Lord this morning. We can trust in God to do all things that we need in our lives that seem impossible. As a pastor, here's what I see all the time. We strive and we strive. We struggle and we struggle. We wrestle with this and we wrestle with that and we still end up confounded and disappointed because to us, in these natural eyes, it looks impossible. It looks hopeless. It looks like the struggle of a lifetime. And we forget to remind ourselves that God can do it. In a split second like that, in a moment of time, God can fix it when we trust in Him. Can somebody praise the Lord with me this morning? As they come to the music, I want to share this and then I'm going to close. One other thing I felt led to share this morning is this. You know, sometimes when we have been failed by people and when people fail us, I know sometimes it's easy, and this happens so much in the church. The church 
does so much to hinder itself most of the times. I'm not talking about this church. I'm just talking about the church. But so many times the church does things that hinder itself because of what somebody else saw or heard, right? And if we're not careful, it's easy for us to sit back and say, I just don't know how they could do that. I don't know how they could have done that. And we spend all this time trying to figure out how. But can I tell you, it's not for us to figure out how. Can I tell you that? It's not for us to figure out how. As I told you already, I was raised a Baptist, but at 16 when I came into Pentecost, I had a pastor, wonderful pastor, wise man of God. And I remember one time him teaching on this very same thing in a sanctuary service. He was up and he said, listen, because I just preached to you that in a split second, when we trust God in a split moment of time, God can move in that situation. But let me also tell you something else. He said, in the amount of time that you could try to set and figure out how or why could they do that, he said, they could have already asked God to forgive them and like that, God fixed it. Like that. I'm so thankful this morning that it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter where we've been. It does not matter what we've done. I'm thankful this morning that in less time than it can take me to try to figure it out, God can wipe a slate snow white clean and wash away every bit of sin and guile and bitterness and every ugly thing in our lives like that. God can do it. So if you don't know him this morning, I want to encourage you, don't leave here without giving your heart and your life to him. But I do want to close with this, if you'll stand with me all over the room this morning. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26. Jesus looked at them and said, with men, this is impossible. Now, I don't know what you might have brought into this house today or what you may be going through in your personal life, but it may look like with men, this is impossible. But with God, all, say all, all things are possible. I love that about God. Nothing is out of His ability to provide for me. And listen this morning. Faith is not really faith, folks, until we place ourselves in the wheelbarrow of trouble and adversity. And we declare to God, I believe you can and I believe you will take me safely over. And I don't know what you may be going through, what you may be facing today, but I do know this. All of us in this room have either just gone through a storm, we're in the middle of a storm, or maybe you're one of the ones that's getting ready to go through a storm. But I came to remind you this morning, you don't have to depend on yourself. And you don't have to depend on anybody else. If you'll just place your trust, oh hallelujah, in an almighty God, He'll make sure that you safely cross over through whatever it is you may be going through. So I want to tell you this morning, if you're here and you don't know Him, don't leave here without giving your heart and life to Him. It's as simple, it really is as simple as your ABCs. Just admit that you're a sinner in need of a Savior. Believe Jesus was the Son of God 
ask him into your heart to forgive you of your sins, believe that he was died on the cross and was buried and rose again on the third day, and then the Bible said, then see, confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, and you shall be saved. It's that simple. But for the rest of us today, I believe this room's full of some people. If we were honest, see, we're real good at, I said it before I sang, we're real good at coming to church, putting our church face on. But I feel like if we were being real honest this morning, there's a whole lot of people in this church that need to just come and say, God, here I am. I'm in the wheelbarrow. And I'm trusting you to lead me through.